0: Welcome to the Televerse, the just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see.
1: You're
0: also Kate, to like to debate the merits of all that they've seen: comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse. Let's the show. Hello, and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Halsey, joined today by Noel Kirkpatrick. Uh, Noel, how's it going this week? Is is it also spring by you? Spring has sprung in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it is kind of springy here um, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's kind of cloudy. Um, it says it's 55 outside, but it feels like 65 sometimes, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, yeah, it, it's oh, spring's always really weird. I think up here is has been my experience so far of like, yeah, this feels nice. And then all of a sudden, here's this massive amount of wind. Hmm. And it doesn't feel nice anymore. And I have to imagine that Chicago experiences that because that's the windy city. It's literally in the moniker. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, the other – yeah, last month – I was going to say the other day, but no, like a month ago. We got these really intense winds happening and, like, it wasn't quite the level of that video. Did you see of the guy on the umbrella in, I want to say, like, Turkey? It Mm -hmm. wasn't quite that level, but, like – it wasn't far away from that. Like I was a little worried about some of my little students being like, "Don't let go of mom. <laughs> Make sure, like, mom, maybe pull a car up because I'm a little afraid that little Timmy might get blown away." Um. So yeah, I don't know how standard that is, but that has been happening this year at least. So that's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is fun. Yeah. No, hang. Please hang on to your children because no one else <laughs> wants them.
0: The, li- the little ones, you know, the the, yeah. the bigger ones can fend for themselves, I'm sure. But no, uh, the uh, I, I was doing a lot of like walking around with my hand on my hat so that I like, like an old timey movie or something, so I wouldn't lose my my chapeau, as it were. Um, but yeah, no, it's been lovely though. The, the, like I I'm I'm mid transition from winter attire to constantly being too hot and going back and yeah. forth between like. I'm going to need to bust out the scarves pretty soon for when I'm inside with the way too cold air conditioning and then like shove it in a bag or something. I don't know. It's that transitional period of the seasons.
1: Yeah, which is not my favorite of like we had like a weird little heat wave last week where we were in like the mid 70s for three days Mm -hmm. and we were like, oh, man, I don't know. Is it time to take these clothes out? No, it's not time to take these clothes out of the container yet. No, we don't need to swap. We don't need to swap the wardrobe yet, and I'm glad I haven't because it's been like just cool enough to justify it. But it's still, it's not, it's weird. But it's, it's also like- okay because I'm just spending most of the time either indoors or walking for four hours as I do geocaching, which is something I started. Kate, do you know what geocaching is?
0: Yeah, I know it's it involves uh, looking up gps coordinates of like stuff that's stashed and like it there's a community around it that's all i know and it's yeah no fun. that's
1: that's pretty much it is like i decided to sign up for this after i um got a new phone and so i've been just doing that around tacoma um mm-hmm. for a little, for like the past couple of weeks and i had a lot of time to do it this week
0: <laughs> <laughs> well do we want to so... talk about that
1: Yeah, no. So I got, um, I tweeted about this a little bit last week. Um, I got laid off on last Thursday, a week ago. A week ago. Gosh, yeah, a week ago. Oh, this week's been a weird blur. Um, Mm. yeah, so I got laid off after almost nine years at my old company, um, due to financial type stuff. And yeah, so I've been looking for work off and on this week, as well as like getting a resume in order and updating job profiles and All that kinds of fun stuff. stuff. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. And also just cursing and shaking fists at full-time freelance is not a thing. And yet here I am thinking about applying for it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That
1: that is not a thing. It's it's unethical and unethical and immoral. And yet here I am like, please, please, please pay me a not living wage. Just do it.
0: (laughs) Please, I would like part of a living wage. <laughs> so I can wage, pay rent. <laughs> I need to pay rent. I need to cover yeah. things. Yeah, definitely. Well, and listeners, anyone out there, hire Noel. He's fabulous. Yeah. He knows his shit and is uh, far more qualified for uh, for any of these different uh, freelance jobs that are coming up than, than, than you need. And you should be paying him more than that. But apparently he will even accept uh, freelance like. The full time freelance thing. So get it get while the get while the going's hot, right? Strike while the iron's hot, higher null.
1: Pretty much. I mean I've got one thing lined up with um over at T V Guide helping out with something over there, but um that's all right now. So
0: (laughs) So So give him your money. Anyway, please this week in TV news, better things got renewed, which is cool. I did not nec- did not necessarily anticipate that happening. There's not been a lot of other TV news. Now, we're recording earlier than usual, so I say that, and there's going to be a giant news dump today, and like we're going to have missed all of it.
1: Yeah, and I apologize for that, because I sometimes pull a lot of the news uh, listeners and so if there isn't and if there isn't big news that breaks i apologize i also this was like literally the only thing i could find and i didn't think you wanted to talk about apple tv plus no i really don't care like i
0: (laughs) the amount that i don't care is like it's surprising to me like i didn't realize i could not care that much but apparently i can and all it takes is the mention of apple plus to get me there yeah
1: we're, we're we branding is good we're just gonna add plus to everything <laughs> maybe that's how i should be marketing myself is noel plus no <gasps> i'm changing my linkedin profile hang on everyone <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed the seeing spielberg um and their video right after he was trying to push roma to not be eligible because it was on streaming is a particularly uh interesting development of this but mostly we I don't we don't care some of their shows sound interesting i really hope the emily dickinson thing works out that could be a lot of fun but yeah i'm not holding out a lot of hope about apple really pushing for creative new voices
1: i mean it's kind of hard to buy creative new voices when it's a lot of the standard voices mm-hmm. nothing against oprah yeah. or steven but or reese or jennifer um mm-hmm. but it's like these are all really safe bets yeah. And I know that you want that after you've spent two to five billion dollars on original programming, or however much they've spent. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. so I always get really antsy about that kind of stuff, especially after Netflix. So yes, yeah. yes, oh, Netflix, you're so great, yes, one day at a time, cancellation. But here we have more Tales from the City for you, and it's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that, but
0: <laughs> not enough to wish, wash out the taste. Now I've heard rumors that uh, CBS All Access wanted one day at a time, but they can't go to a streamer because of the Netflix contract. It has to go to right. an actual network.
1: Yeah,
0: it makes me very sad.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really difficult to buy that when you're just you're going to lock down things as well. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, no, we're all about more voices in the marketplace, but. But we but don't want not- the show, and
0: you can't have it.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah.
0: anyways, this week we're speaking of streamers. We're going to be talking about Catastrophe season four, which is the final season of that show. It uh, was uh, released or dropped uh, like a week ago on Amazon Prime. So that'll be at the end of the show. Uh, but we have a lot of premieres. It's like the you know yes. we we're talking about spring, so we got shows coming back. We have season premieres, series premieres, and and even one finale. So we got lots to talk about. So we'll take a break listen to the little craziest girlfriend and be right back with our weekend tv what's a girl
1: to do when she's back here again after so much growth she's still stuck between men so sweep off the sets good you found the old swing just put it anywhere that's cool let's see if i remember the words to sing i'm back here again oh boy what fun Guess it's time to make up more geometry puns The math of love quadrangles Is way more fun than trig But what about your feelings? Hmm, We don't see those on a fig The math of love quadrangles is so juicy while it lasts. I can't ask you to share. Come on, don't be a square. I thought all this drama was back in my past. Joke's on you, bitch, you'll never be free.
0: That was Love Quadrangles from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. More on that in a moment. But first up in our weekend TV, we have the return final season premiere of Jane the Virgin, Chapter 82. Then I'll talk briefly about what we do in The Shadows, which had its season premiere or pilot on uh, FX. So that's, of course, pilot. Abby's also premiered on NBC. That's also called Pilot. Uh, Miracle Workers had its finale, one hour, and then we have Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I need to find my frenemy. Supergirl, The House of L, The Good Fight, the one where Diane joins the resistance, and we'll round things out with Drag Race's Monster Ball. Oh, I love, I, I love it. I just like, I like the Drag Race balls in general, but then if you add, you, it's a Monster Ball. It's just like it's so much better it's like a regular ball but so much but anyways more on that when we get there i'm very excited to talk about it but first i'm excited that jane the virgin is back and uh chapter 82 like it's been gone so long that it was like i had to be sort of reminded of oh it's back at like this is the feel of the show this is the tone this this is everything that's going on um And I think what we got to start with, uh, what I want to know, because I was eventually more on board with the last season finale twist than you were, Noel, is uh, Michael's back, but he's Jason. And how is that? How is that working for you? Are you like more won over by it now than you were, which was negative (laughs) at the end of last season? Or are you still very leery?
1: I'm a little leery, but I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that Brett, Deer's performance is really good, and the his the the way that he and also the writers are sort of have made this very different sort of character for him to play in Jason, I think is really has helped a lot in terms of me sort of accepting what they're doing. Uh, I'm not crazy about amnesia, but also it's a telenovela and I need to just get over myself, mm-hmm. is what it boils down to. <laughs> um And I do appreciate the idea, at least early on, that we're experiencing here of like, yeah, no, it'll it'll all work out for Raph and Jane, it'll, it'll be fine, they say to themselves. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, narrator, why do you know so much? <laughs> so... I think I'm a little bit more on board with it um, than I was expecting to be. Um, In addition to Deere's performance, there's also just that ridiculous monologue that Jane gets um, that is done more or less in what appears to be a single take. And we should note that Rodriguez directed this episode. And it's really good. Like, it's sort of the type of thing that I needed to also be okay with this comeback of, all right, we're going to really address the emotional fallout of this immediately and kind of keep grappling with this head on. And so with that sequence, which is really good, I think that I'm, I'm between those two things. I'm much more sort of keen on it. Even if I'm also just like, but did you really need to do this sort of thing? Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I am is like I'm more on board, but I'm also just waiting for this to all just be another long con sort of deal. I'm just like, oh, but don't make it a long con because then I have to really hate Michael. I don't really want to hate Michael. Uh, so that's how I am. How are you feeling? How did you feel about Chapter 82?
0: Yeah, it. Um, I liked it. I didn't like the monologue as much as a lot of people did. Uh-huh. Um, but I think sort of that some of that is very intentional. It's like sort of baked in, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I think the biggest thing for me that's both working and not working with Michael is the fact is is Deer's performance, which that that's not Michael. and they're yeah. really capturing that, like his performance like you get a couple little moments that are little glimmers that feel like kind of maybe the same person, but it's just so very much not the same person that it's distracting and um i don't know how much i buy this character um not that i think there's necessarily anything false to him but just the performance it doesn't feel like the kind of character that belongs on jane the virgin which is i think the point but yeah. yeah yeah that's very much what they're going for but it's also like not interested in watching Jason, (laughs) you know, like I don't Mm -hmm. have any connection to him. And I think it's the point is it's alienating. And the point is it's difficult and uh, it feels wrong a little. Like, and that's, that puts you very much in Jane's perspective. Like I get what they're doing. Um, So I think we'll need to get some progress with him in the next few episodes to keep me on board um, but I think there's, I think pretty much everything in this premiere is really strong. The let's go to the monologue, and yeah. I I agree that they needed something to really sell this happening, and this to to maintain the integrity of the show and the heart and the emotional connection that we have to the show while going for such a telenovela swing, you know. Uh, yeah. And I think this is what that monologue is what. Is supposed to do that. And it mostly works for me, but I really wanted, um, I really wanted it to feel more. Again, I wanted it to feel more Jane and it feels very stagey and very showy in a way that isn't Jane. It's very out of character for them. There's no, there's really no score. Um At a certain point, the camera doesn't move. It's all, it's like, it's like, Give Gina Rodriguez her Emmy, please, is what it feels like. And that's not very interesting or effective to me. Um, and the, at a certain point, the, the the camera draws attention to this. And it's really like when the camera stays on Zoe and Alba while, while uh, Jane walks out and then comes back. There's some funny stuff that they're playing. But I felt like even that wasn't quite in character. For them, like they should either be more concerned and more buying into the moment or less concerned elsewhere and more self referential. But I was so just there's a couple of things about it that while I appreciate how terrific a performance Rodriguez is giving in that scene, and uh, I appreciate some of the choices for me, I would have rather had that monologue without breaking the feel of the show which is kind of also the point is to show uh, how far this pushes her like I get what I mean I get it but I would rather just to have it less clever by half that's me I don't know what do you think
1: well I do agree that it's heavily theatrical in a number of ways that sometimes the show doesn't do in this kind of straight up way because even like if you're paying close attention to like the mise-en-scene it's very much it's like one of the legitimate first times i feel like you can tell oh this is a set type of feel the
0: lighting through the window the lighting is lighting through the window set re- yeah
1: really drives it home in a way that is, was really distracting. And a lot of it boiled down to the fact of, all right, what are we trying to do by making this really noticeable? Are we trying to pierce some sort of, like, some sort of reality here? And, like, to your illusion of, like, breaking things, basically. Of, all right, this has ruptured everything. And how how are we dealing with this? By showing, showing the artificiality of what we're doing? Or... But this is undercutting by the fact that. But this is undercut by the fact that Jane is also just like manic and really going through stuff really quickly. And yes, a lot of it does feel also just really stagey in like how they're how they're using a very small amount of space and how she's moving around that small amount of space and how both Zoe and Abuela don't really interact during the monologue as well which is also something that's deeply theatrical um and i i struggled with that as well of all right what are we i don't understand quite exactly what the choice is even if i do like the emotional core of that choice but i do think that there's just a something there that i haven't quite parsed out yet Of that scene that gets to, I think, a lot of what you're sort of pointing to. Of like, all right, why this choice? Even if I do sort of... Still can sort of appreciate it. It just... It feels like even more of a break from the show, like you alluded to, unsaid. Than Jason does. Mm -hmm. And in a way that doesn't necessarily fit. Like, we transferred out of a telenovela into... A kitchen sink drama, basically, and that is not a that is a weird swerve for the show to take. Even if it, I generally feel it's executed well, but at the same time, it's a weird swerve, and it also chews up a lot of the screen time. So, as much as I like it, I totally see where you're coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. It's just it worked better. Um, for me mm-hmm. than it did for you.
0: Yeah, I I mean it worked better for most people than it worked for uh-huh. me. And I think some of that you you point to the the intentional like the very stage like yeah. interpretation of of things. And I really wanted. I think if if we had kept if if it had kept most of what was happening the same, but just there had been a little bit more clarity to what Zoe and Alba are feeling. Yes. I would have been much more on board because that is such a long stretch of time and maybe she just needs to talk it out. But then, like, if if they had been, like, if Alba had been, like, if she had, like, started folding laundry as she's listening, kind of a thing, or if, like, doing, like, because neither one of them really strikes as strikes me as sit and listen to a six minute long monologue without moving or reacting or really showing much like because they're keeping pretty still because it's, this is the scenes all about Jane, but I'm actually a little more interested in how they're feeling than I am in how Jane's feeling. Cause I think I know how Jane's feeling. And so yeah. because of that, like that took me out of it because that's not how Zoe or Alba would react. Or if this scene had been Jane, like, talking to herself, you know, like, one of her projections of herself, that I think it would have been the same thing, where I would have been more down with it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, it does. And I think that the large problem with that scene is is that there's a lack of objective and action mm-hmm. for Zoe and Abuela for them to do anything. They're very much sort of bystanders in what should have been probably a soliloquy, um th- that but that would have also just at this point only felt appropriate for the good fight as <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to Jane the virgin and i think that that's sort of what it is is like they don't have anything to do except sort of respond to her mm-hmm. but not in a but there's like you said there's a very clear desire to keep the focus on rodriguez so they're not doing anything and that's always really that's always really difficult to do, especially on television, where it's hard to draw focus in especially in as tightly framed as that sequence is you you can your focus can drift in a way that it doesn't necessarily drift if you're watching it on stage and I think that that really calls attention to itself in not a great way,
0: yeah. Um let's talk about the rest of the episode though. What did you think of Petra and JR's material and, and the return of Milosh?
1: It was fine. Um mm-hmm. I kind of forgot that JR had shot anyone despite being very amused by the JR Shartu um yeah. stuff at the end of Last Season, I totally forgot. Uh so it was okay. Um I mostly enjoyed it just for the bear stuff that we got because it's very good. It's very, very good from I spent a day and a half in a bear in a stuffed bear. And then Petra just holding a bloody bear stuffed bear head for half of a scene until JR like, our life is weird. And it's like, yes, yes it is. But <laughs> it was also just very much a okay, this is fine. These are these are these are good humor beats basically to keep me from feeling completely overwhelmed by all the jason stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah they, i thought it worked well for that i also uh thought that everything with Raph was so well handled mm-hmm. uh the stuff with louisa was distracting just because again the the frame was so tight on her it felt like there was going to be a reveal yes. beyond her room full of donuts um that we were waiting and it didn't come so it must have just been like what part of the set can we reuse for this phone call you know yes um so that was a little, little distracting. Uh, but it feels like that is headed to a distinct and concrete place, which I'm excited about. Um and I loved the little character stuff we got with Raph and uh Zoe. Yes.
1: That was really good.
0: And and then in, in with Rogelio, too, and the comedic beats, like that I think I think they're handling all that well. So that, that's that's pretty great. I also loved the awareness of Mateo and the kids, but they're like, okay, we're not gonna see them. Well, we're going to mention them. We're going to make sure that you know that we know where our kids are and what's going on with them. Um, so I appreciated that as well.
1: Yeah, I did. I did, too. I did, too.
0: It was a very action packed <laughs> premiere. But um, but certainly one I was glad to watch, very glad it's back and for our last you know handful of episodes here. Or Like, was it 12, 13? Something like that. It's 12 or 13,
1: I think. Um, Off the top of my head, I can't quite remember.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed uh, the premiere of What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Yeah, it's delightful, right? It is. It is. I really, really liked it. I think other people will just regular like it. I don't know if ever other people will like it as much as I did. <laughs> but uh, uh, werewolves, not swearwolves. Like, there's some really delightful stuff in there. This is the adaptation of that that movie uh, for F- FX in a half-hour format. Um, it's the same universe, but different characters. It's adapted by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, who people will know from the original one, but also from, you know... Flight of the Concords and from, from Thor Ragnarok, which, which he directed and was in, and um, yeah, there the premise is pamphlets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the premise is that there are vampires and there's a documentary crew following them around. Vampires are real, and you know they're also their lives are freaky but also very mundane. Um, and it's just sort of a comedy of 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 errors and personalities and. It's just, yeah, it's it's contrasting stereotypes about vampires and like the tropes of vampires with, you know, going to uh, the the dollar store to get some creepy paper to decorate because you don't realize that it's pronounced crap paper and you're just excited that there's creepy paper. Um, So this is this is I think if you're a fan of the movie, very familiar. um, it, It hits some of the same beats, not as well as the movie does, but there's some potential that I think could be really interesting here. Uh, Doug Jones pops up as like a vampire elder King kind of character. Yeah. With some, of course, really terrific uh, creature and makeup work. Uh, There's a energy vampire, which is the new sort of twist for this, which is think office space. Um, Somebody who like saps, he saps humans of their energy either by being really boring or by being really annoying to the point where if an energy vampire has gotten to them, then the, the humans have no nutritional vampire, no nutritional value for the regular vampires. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, uh it's interesting. And um, I wasn't excited about that at, at first, but if they can come up with a couple other ideas to flesh out the vampire world, so it's not literally just two, then I think that will work. Well, and be be a neat addition there's some some good rapport. I mean, I really enjoy Matt Barry, so you know he's one of the vampires. People will know him from a bunch of British shows, but Garth Murray's dark Place, of course, immediately comes to mind. um he's also on the the i t crowd as the boss. um he's playing the same character here, that same kind of pompous um character with the same delivery but I've got a lot of time for, for that character from at Barry Um if well deployed and so far so 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 good I like that one of the vampires is a lady this time which apparently will come into play Uh you might be excited that it appears unless it's a one-off role that Jack McDornan will be around as a human that she thinks is a, her reincarnated lover Um, so we'll see what happens I was watching I was like was that is that Because he's got a beard going and he's like kind of Mm -hmm. far away because of the documentary style at first. But I'm pretty sure that's him. So hopefully he will pop back up and there will be another fun wrinkle to this take on it. But so far, I think there's a lot of, I think there's enough of the energy and the fun of the original that's translated so far. And I think they, it looks like they have some new ideas that may uh push this to work more in a weekly format outside of just like the sitcom reset Mm -hmm. uh so so we'll see what happens i'm gonna stick with it are you interested in this one or not really
1: no i am uh the only reason i didn't watch it is because my person is a very big fan of the movie like a very big fan Uh so i was like i can get away with watching a couple of things while she's not here but i can't get away with watching this Yeah, yeah um so is this and the broad city finale i was i basically did not allow myself to watch so
0: yeah listeners (laughs) we'll talk about broad city next week i didn't get a chance to get to it either but i will have some more thoughts probably on what we do in the shadows then as well as of course we'll have lots to say i'm sure about the broad city finale i'm hearing good things but trying to Mm -hmm. not psych myself up yeah Um, i also enjoyed uh the premiere for abby's which is on nbc this is their um like Abby's is is a bar in a backyard and um, it's very aware of the legacy of Cheers and it's it's a hangout comedy set in a bar with different types of characters. And uh, the the big draw for me here is is Natalie Morales, who is the lead of whoever, of course, everybody should know from The Middleman. Not everybody does, but they should. Um, and I thought this was charming. And for an NBC pilot, good enough right (laughs) so it's just it's not a high bar but i don't really have a high bar for uh network sitcoms uh i I should say network sitcom pilots and i think they did a good enough job of establishing the rapport and the energy of the show of giving enough specificity to some of the regulars at the bar and for like just a point of view to the comedy that i think can be sustained and, and be a lot of fun there were a couple little details that I really appreciate in the backstory and in the character dynamics that I think point towards more fleshing out and just they've got a, a cast of really reliable um comedic actors who you've seen in a, a bunch of things I mean the easiest one to point to is Neil Flynn who people will know from scrubs and the middle um, but but there's a lot here that could work in a lot of different ways so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about this what What did you think
1: i feel the same way i think that there's a bit of like clunkiness to some of the dialogue especially in the first couple episodes i've watched the first two actually and i think that there's just a lot of like there's a lot of heavy exposition through dialogue type of stuff in this that it doesn't always land well but Because of the cast that you've got, because Natalie Morales can basically make anything work, Mm. it works. Um, So I really enjoy that. And so I found this equally kind of charming as you did. And I'm eager for more from it is like it's it's not revolutionary. It's not even sometimes particularly like sharp um but it it has a degree of comfort to it that feels really good and i think a lot of that comes down to the fact that this is a really weirdly shot show kate in that yeah. they actually shoot it outside <laughs> um to get that sense of being outside so there's a live studio audience sitting in some bleachers watching them film this on top of like a building basically where they built this set mm-hmm. and it's weird but it also like adds a weird vibe to the show that I think works really well, even down to the fact that in the second episode, there's a sequence that takes place kind of early in the morning or late afternoon. It's a little hard to tell, but it's like, that's some natural lighting that they're dealing with. That's kind of cool. And I, so I really like that aspect of it. And I hope that if the show keeps going like into season two, then we don't go away from being shot outside because I think that adds a degree of verisimilitude. Mm -hmm. Wow. Look at me breaking out all these theater terms this week, verisimilitude actions and objectives Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff of that. It just adds a lot to the general sense of the show. And so while they're mimicking cheers really wholeheartedly to the point where Abby's house is Sam's office Mm-hmm. um basically i it's still it feels really comfortable and it feels really good and i'm not going to knock a show for wanting to b- mimic cheers when it's as comfortable and charming and well acted generally as this already is
0: yeah and there are so many worse things you can be than Not quite as good as Cheers, you know exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So most shows would love to never to be almost (laughs) as good as Cheers or not quite as good as Cheers, but like in a conversation of a show that's you know trying for that, That, that's you know that's a good thing. And you know, I particularly enjoyed the what Morales and uh, Flynn. We're doing with the, that, those characters dynamics and specifically mm-hmm. like they're hinting towards some like PTSD and some unresolved issues for her that um, I didn't I don't expect from a pilot um, or I expect to be hit way harder. Um, and it just there, there feels like there's a life off screen that that we don't know. Um, and that is something i appreciate in a pilot it speaks to character it can speak to actors who are very invested in the character not just the job and into writers who have and you know the director creator you know who have a longer term plan or more interested in establishing a world and characters and dynamics than they are in just like set up knock down uh the jokes and i think that is more the comedy that I tend towards and that I connect with. So, you know, we'll see again, like you said, nothing revolutionary here yet. Uh, but I, you know, I had fun and it yeah. was, I look forward to that, that natural lighting. I'm going to have to keep my eyes open for that.
1: Yeah, no, the second episode has, it's right at the end and we should, I should also know because this has shown up in a couple of the reviews. Um, so it's not a big spoiler surprise type of thing, but Abby is bisexual and identifies as Mm -hmm. such in the second episode. So that's nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't she the first openly bisexual lead character of a sitcom on a network show?
1: I think so, but um, i have to do some research, but I'm probably pretty sure. She is not the first Cuban-American to headline a show, Mm -hmm. as despite what Vulture will tell you. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I'm pretty sure she is pretty sure. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if nothing else, a prominent uh, yeah. addition to a very small canon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, next, we have Miracle Workers, the finale one hour. And uh, kind of dragging my feet getting to it. Yeah. Because I'm kind of more excited about Abby's than I am about the whole run of Miracle Workers. And that's not good when you have this cast and this premise. I think it wound up being fine. But... Like, it should be so much better than fine when you've got Dan Radcliffe and you've got Steve Buscemi and you've got Geraldine Miss Wanathan, um, who is, I think, one of my discoveries, you know, as, as the, the female lead of, of the show. But, like,
1: it just sort of was a big ol' nothing. Yeah, no, as someone who is very hyped, especially after, like, the first couple episodes, it was like, yeah, I can, I can see where this is going to go. I'm very excited about this. And then it just kind of tapers off into, like you say, it tapers off into nothing. Um, it loses a lot of, like, its satirical edge about its conception of heaven as a corporation and God as, like, an absentee CEO and to go into a vague midlife crisis thing for God. And while I was hoping that his visit to his family was going to be really good, it was not. Um, like, don't don't come at giraffes like that. Drafts are cool. Uh, (laughs) It's a horse with a
0: foot for a leg for a neck. It's
1: a dog with (laughs) a foot. A a dog with
0: a leg for a neck. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. But yeah, it just ends up being like kind of nothing. And I was really disappointed by that for the reasons that you enumerated. Like it has a very, very good cast that then don't get to do a whole lot after the game gets together, basically. It's like, oh yeah, we're just going to stare at this computer screen for a little while. And it's like, there's there's not a lot of good humor here anymore. You, you, you lost it, like, re- like, around episode four. And then it was three hours of, like, Steve Buscemi doing stuff that wasn't even particularly funny, that even he was kind of struggling to bring up to any sort of good level. So I ended up being really disappointed, and your point about, like, being more excited about Abby than the Miracle Workers finale, I think is fairly spot on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels wrong. But you know what this did show me is that I really want Dan Radcliffe doing more TV if he yes. wants to, because he's yes. great um, yeah. in this. And he was really good in what I saw of was it the Young Doctor's Notebook, right? Oh, Him and that
1: entire show's really good, Kate. You should go back to it.
0: Yeah. And... And I think he's just, like, he's a, he's a really, you know, talented actor and, but he also shows in this and and some other, what I've seen is that interest and ability, uh, interest in and ability to develop a character over time and to do, like, to make those small measured um, changes and, and to grow, you know, what, explore how a character responds to the events of a show and, and develops over time and over Only seven episodes. He does a good job with that here. I mean, obviously he did that with Harry Potter over eight (laughs) movies, but, um, yeah, he's, he's just really good. And I like, I like spending time with him, um, as in, in a show like this, in a way that not all really talented actors really translate in that same way. You don't necessarily want to see them every week, you know, um, but I think he I think it would be neat to watch him really sink his teeth into a character he was interested in long term um in and in a comedy too uh yeah. I think yeah I mean obviously he could do a drama but like I think he would have more fun with the comedy so I don't know it just it was it was interesting for that uh, I liked the way that they took the ending where he he's learned a lesson from observing all of this and um, learns to dance, you know, I thought that that was nice. But yeah, the the low stakes, high stakes mix didn't really carry through the way that we wanted to. They didn't mention the worm ever again. No. And it just, so it's a lot of potential that didn't go through to much more, which is sad.
1: Yeah. And I think sad is a really appropriate thing because there's this... Even, like, their conception of God just slowly decays from this sort of layabout to just a sad sack, basically. And I think that there's there's a way to make that transition work, but it doesn't come off here in any way, shape, or form. That feels really earned in any way. And, yeah, it's just—it was disappointing, and I was very disappointed. Yeah. That's kind of all I can say, is I was very disappointed.
0: I was not disappointed by the return of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I need to find my frenemy. And so this episode, uh, we got the return of Audra Levine. We got some fun uh, freaking out from the various love interests uh, about where they stand and and all everything. This is... I enjoyed this episode. Um, This is shaping up to be a really expected end of series for crazy ex-girlfriend and that's disappointing and weird and um i'm hoping that they've got some just, just some things up their sleeve so it won't just be as straightforward as rebecca goes on a date with with each of the three guys and then picks someone or picks herself or they they have the guts to end with a
1: throuple or something and that's the end of the they show they do not have the guts to end they don't with a polyamorous relationship they no, do they not
0: <laughs> which is
1: too bad but
0: like so like, i like the pieces i love the love quadrangles song because i'm not a <laughs> particular fan of love triangles it's yeah. one of those songs i find most over like overrated i
1: remember yeah, yeah you i did not care for that song
0: <laughs> Friend of the show Alison shoemaker vehemently disagrees and we actually were bickering about that this past week and it was delightful um but but i but i really appreciated the reprise here um i i like the reflection that we're getting from the guys in this episode but i just i want more i guess i don't know i'm torn what did you think
1: i'm not excited about the dates mm-hmm. um even if the concept of of it i think sort of fits with the show overall of like all right we're really going to deal with this it was but it was also very much like but you've been just they've been driving here so long this season that it's it just felt inevitable and so as much as I kind of just want the show wanted would have preferred the show to back away from it there was no way that they were going to and they've made that really clear especially in like the middle section of the season where it was just like no all these guys really like her too now and I was like uh, okay um that I'm just like I'm not excited about it but I'm also I also just want it because I do really like this show and I want to see how they play play this like final hand to go back to the poker. um, (laughs) So we'll see. But I'm, I'm not excited about it and I wish I were. So I'm really hoping for three really good dates that really kind of illuminate something about each of these characters in this last little bit that will help me a lot but if the dates all just kind of fall flat on like a dramatic level then i'm going to be like oh you're making me real nervous crazy ex you're making me real nervous well it just feels so arbitrary you know yeah. it's josh is in love
0: with her now because it's the end of the show yeah not because anything happened to him or because anything changed with her it's just well, look at my watch. There's about four episodes left, so we better do this. And it just really doesn't feel earned in a way that the show usually is on top of. Uh, The same thing with the return of Greg. It's just sort of these people making huge, life-changing proclamations and decisions because there's a few episodes left and not because of anything else. And that is just really... I like. I mean, it's entertaining. They're doing a good job with that. If they're, if that's the story they want to tell, but I more interested. Like, what is Josh doing for a job now? Like, what is he? Like, what is going on with him? Like, I am much I more interested remember. in that than I am with anything yeah. else. I'm more interested in Greg dealing, like, opening up a restaurant and dealing with his other. Like, who else does he know in town? Like, his he's from there. Does he have more family? Have we ever learned? Like, I'm more interested in that stuff. Than I am with... Now they're in love with Rebecca. So despite all of these insane, like, twisting, turning, really messed up dynamics that they have, they're cool with it because the show needs them to be so that we can have a love quadrangle.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. It, uh, For it's me, the kind show of... was
0: never about Rebecca's love life. It was about Rebecca.
1: Yeah. And... Th- I think that they feel like they've maybe tied Rebecca a- down a bit already in terms of like, we've tied up that loose end of Rebecca. So now we need to tie up this loose end of the love life. And the answer is no, she just needs to go to Vegas and walk in slow motion with her gals. And that's, it's kind mm-hmm. of all I need. That's kind of all all of us need. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this episode or the rest of the music?
1: Um, I enjoyed the refer the slow motion i enjoyed um mm-hmm. and i did enjoy the praise fight as well mm-hmm. um was I, I appreciated that sort of that that reprise um uh was very enjoyable down to like we're going to re-mimic the aesthetics of it so we've got this but also like the asides of like all right, so we we acknowledge now that this term is a little problematic, but also we can do this, and but also we're aware, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, oh, this is when you're a really good show where I just want to grab my heart and be like, I'm going to be sad when you're gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really, um, I mean, I granted, it with where they are in the run of the show, we should expect reprises that pack a wallop, right? Yeah. But I really hope we get at least one or two really great new songs before the end of the run. And I'm kind of not really expecting that at this point, because I don't feel like there have been many particularly breakthrough songs this season.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's like they're using their reprises really well. Yeah. But I do think that the songs this season just haven't really landed in a lot of ways. And I have to go back and look at the first half as well to be like, well, but the what fact that you out? need to. Yeah, exactly. But I have to do that anyway because a lot of songs just don't stick in my head because they just don't sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair so, enough. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I you know, crazy ex-girlfriend writers out there. I would love to be so wrong. Please make me eat crow and just like eat my words. I would love to be so incredibly wrong. Um, apparently uh, there's a white Josh song coming up, which is good. Cause I don't think he's really gotten one yet. So we yeah. will see what that has to bring. But um, yeah, only a few episodes left. We had Supergirl and the house of L, which is the flashback episode that kind of caught us up on what Lex has been doing. Um, It's fine. Eh, It's fine.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very much a big fill in the blank of we've had this planned all along, which I think is like the one kind of successful thing about this episode. Well, there's two successful things. One is that this episode very much feels like a big middle finger to everyone who went, John Cryer. Mm. Um, so we're just going to give him a whole episode. Like us. It's very (laughs) much like a big middle finger of like, no, we knew what we were doing. We Mm. knew what we were doing. And I I also think with the casting, but also sort of like with the plotting, like, I think that this season has been really well plotted and really tightly. So, so much that the idea that Lex has been staging and masterminding everything for all season from prison and all the prison stuff is real real good um works for me on a it's a very comic booky thing but it works for me because this show is very comic booky especially this season Mm -hmm. and it makes me excited for like the last little bit of the season because it almost feels like we're not going to do some sort of weird alien colonization type of thing again. Mm -hmm. Um, We can avoid that and deal with like something hopefully a little more grounded. And I'm very excited about that. So I think everything of this fill in the blank sort of episode works to be like, yeah, no, look how well we plotted everything. And I just have to go, no, you, you, you actually did. It feels like there's a real hand on a, on the show in a way that I don't really feel like I've been able to say about an Arrowverse show in a while in a while i mean like i can say that maybe about legends of tomorrow but they're so goofy that it doesn't matter if it's tightly plotted or not and Everyone, they come back next week oh
0: it's so good <laughs> i i may have seen the the return like i the wasn't premiere.
1: i wasn't allowed to watch it uh, i was told very explicitly that i was not allowed to watch screeners and there's like three or four of them
0: <laughs> yeah i've only seen the one but it's real good so yeah so. More on that next week. Um but yeah, no, let's compare this to Daredevil. This Daredevil yeah, reveal, yeah, yeah. right? Like in the most recent season or the last season we should say, R.I.P. Daredevil. Um it's it's so much better. It like it works yes. so much better. It elevates and uh and and strengthens everything else that happened this season rather than undercutting it. Yeah. And that's exactly what you want in this sort of like a like a second act turn which is what you know where where we are in the season. I liked what we got with Eve. I thought that that was good and and kind of again filled in some gaps but still worked with everything we already knew. Um the stuff like I got to think uh what's her name like not Supergirl other character like
1: Kaznian Supergirl. Yeah. She's
0: smart enough to see that like she has an Alex who is her sister and I have Alex who I don't who just showed up a year ago he's manipulating me right like she's got to be smart enough to to make that connection that that she had her Alex longer than so that Alex came first right
1: Yeah yeah I mean a little bit of me is like very amused by their like the Alex shift that they pull out that they do here but I do think that she's smart enough to figure that out. And the degree to which she figures it out, I think it's going to be interesting to watch that play out eventually.
0: hmm Yeah. No, uh, it, it's heading to an interesting place. And um, it's sort of, it's similar to some of what we got last season with um, Sam and, and Ruby and everything. But yes. I think, like, we've kept complimenting the last few episodes. They're... The way that it looks like they're going to dovetail Alex remembering or discovering about about Kara's secret identity with this Ka- Kaznia, Kazia, other Supergirl, um, and, and all of that coming together, I think it looks, seems like it's going to be make for a really tight end of season. Apparently, yeah. uh, James James's sister is going to be a regular next season. Uh, maybe she's a new love interest for um uh for Alex I've seen like thrown around um mm-hmm. so we'll see I and I appreciate the CW being loyal with their casting obviously we know this actor from from Jane but
1: um that's where I, she was from
0: oh yeah yeah thank she's you. the uh, the cop it, yeah
1: yeah okay thank you because she came into the hospital and I just went where are you from? And then I never looked it up, but I was just like, I know you. <laughs> well, and, and James
0: so, so very much needs more storylines, but I'm yeah. not interested in her at all. They're going to have to do a lot of work. um, But, but I think, you know, I think we're headed somewhere interesting. And I, like the waltzing in and out of jail thing is not that interesting to me, but the scenes in the jail were fun. And uh, I think that this was some long overdue, uh, uh, I'm just getting Bizarro Supergirl time, so so now I'm pretty excited about her and interested in what's coming next. So it was a good time to 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 pause from our main action, and now if we can get things moving again and stop with the flashbacks, I would be super on board.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think that there's going to be any more flashbacks because they just don't have the time now, yeah. Yeah. but i generally yeah i think this works so yeah,
0: we'll see yeah next up is the good fight the one where diane joins the resistance and i am behind uh this up ep- i haven't seen this episode yet but i did watch last week's introduction of michael of michael sheen um so i'm assuming he pops up here Wh- how did diane join the resistance and how did it go
1: Diane joins the resistance by getting uh hooped uh uh roped into what is almost a um long con executed by a woman who keeps stealing rich which rich ladies' identities and their credit cards. Mm. Um okay. but then like that woman gets arrested and Diane maintains the group that this con artist has gathered to start like to keep doing going with the resistance. So they execute like a lib liberal version of a fake news site, which I feel like the Kings believe is a new concept, even though it's not, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. get as much like traction within social media. Um, And doesn't get the same amount of shares. Uh, But in this corner of the universe, it gets a whole lot of shares and shows up on cable news and this kind of thing. Um, And Diane is tickled and thrilled with the response, to which I go, that seems weird. Um, so I'm I'm curious about how much, uh, how far we're going to go with this, basically, with Diane, um, and to what degree we're going to like how far they're going to push this, basically. And so I'm I'm a little nervous about that. Um, I'm more nervous about the Maya stuff, though, because. Um, there's a whole lot more with Michael Sheen's, uh, Roy Cohn inspired Bloom character, um, who I is, I was trying to pinpoint what it was that this, that Sheen is doing and what they're doing. And everyone's talking about how it's very much scent of a woman and it's Pacino in scent of a woman. And it is, oh boy, is it. But it's also when he name drops that he was friends with Jonas Stern, who was the managing partner over at Lockhart Gardner. Um, And I just went, oh, that's what this character is. He's the non-broadcast version of Jonas Stern, because Mm -hmm. it's what he is. Down to the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Down to the hair, down to like all of it. He's very much this version of like what they couldn't do with Jonas Stern. In Good, Good Wife in, like, season one or whatever it was. And that makes me a a little nervous because I also realized while watching this, and you can tell me how you feel about this after you watch this episode, but I really do think that they've turned Maya into Kalinda in sort of a way of, like, we're going to give her the guest star with a weird sort of storyline of... yeah. Here, here's this here's this antagonistic force that only Maya is going to deal with, and no one else is. And down to the fact that after she after Maya snakes a plea deal away from him because he's too stoned out of his brain um, to answer a telephone, um, they kind of get into a shouting match in which Maya somehow is not immediately fired for throwing a laptop through a glass wall after he does that. Yes, Kate is covering her face, everyone. And then she gets framed up for having narcotics in her car that presumably he placed there. And all of this is like pure Kalinda-level sort of stuff that they would do with Scott Porter, that they did with uh, Jason O'Mara, that they did with what's-his-name, who was his her ex-husband. All of this is like classic Kalinda stuff. And now they've given Maya those cool glasses so that she has a badass attitude now. And it's like, mm, why are we going back to this? This this was my least favorite corner of the show on The Good Wife. So let's not do this. But it also basically to me just screams, we don't know what to do with Maya. And they don't. Yeah,
0: and they don't. And so much of the rest of the show is working really well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm grateful they didn't go that car- way with Sarah Steele. They let- right,
1: no, they're doing something so very different with her in this episode that it's so good.
0: Yeah, no, so I appreciate that they haven't gone that way with her, Um. but you know, I've, I've had to, I think I just need to come to terms with the fact that I have a very different idea of who some of these characters are than the Kings do. Yeah. And they, we do not agree who Diane Lockhart is. Um, And down to the microdosing and some of these other choices that just don't feel in character to me. And they, you know, it's their character. So, you know, they know better than I do. But I just don't buy some of these choices. um, Unless it's like a total break with everything she's done. And I, to this and I don't feel like they've earned that. Or then they want to snap her back to being... Diane from The Good Wife, like early scenes of The Good Wife, and then like they want to come back to that. And I don't think it's earned because they, when it's convenient for the story, she's one thing. And then when they want her to do something more daring or controversial, suddenly she's not. And I think you got to work up to that more. I don't think they've earned some of those decisions we'll see. I, I look forward to, to catching up this episode and seeing what I think about, think about it. Um, but yeah, it's just weird. Some to me, some of the choices that they're making, but there's still such terrific performances on the show. Right. I mean, I love what Audrey McDonald's doing too, um, that I'm going to watch, but yeah, it's down to like the finale with the slap with, with, uh, uh Alicia and everything. I was like, that's not, that's Alicia wouldn't do this. Diane wouldn't respond in this way. You just really wanted someone to slap Alicia and there's only yeah. so many people it could be. So that's why you did this. Not because it fit your characters and your the reality you created. And that's sort of what I feel like they're doing um, with some of these decisions in, in The Good Fight as well um so yeah that 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 holds it back for me from being one of my favorite shows or one Mm -hmm. of my most reliable like where it feels like i'm in good hands but i still enjoy what i watch so there's that right
1: that's what it kind of boils down to is that like they're taking such big swings i feel like in a for in a lot of instances like (sighs) kate audrey mcdonald gets to sing in this episode and it's so good and then someone else gets to sing in a really weird sequence and it's also really good but it's also just why why is this a thing mm-hmm. and it's basically because the kings can do whatever they want and they know that and they're getting the, they're just going for it and i think that a lot they're hoping and coasting on the idea that the destabilization of diane allows for a lot of this to work and i mostly agree with you that it does not um so it's it's a delicate tightrope that they just don't quite are able to cross. But thank goodness that Christine Baranski can shimmy her way across with her yeah. hands is basically <laughs> how it works sometimes, and that's all on Christine Baranski. So yeah.
0: she is that good. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, speaking of that, good. Were the queens that good? Were they good enough for the monster ball this week on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race? They, ha- the queens had, you know, it's the ball challenge. It used to be a challenge reserved for the final four or five queens, where each queen needs to deliver three looks: um, one created there that day, and or the day before the runway, and two brought with them on a particular theme. But in the last season, season ten. They moved it to be the top 11 queens doing three uh, looks each, and they they continue that this season. So now we have 11 queens each doing three looks, 33 looks in one episode. Zomb. So, of course, there's not time for very much else in this episode, but the theme is the monster ball, and I was really excited for this challenge. I think that... I, I, I really liked the episode of my reviews over ads drag race just because it was so fun. I felt like the Queens delivered interesting and fun looks. They didn't go anywhere near as far as I would have loved for them to go. I would love for so many of them to have like really gone for grotesque horror. And like two people did. But even that being said, I still really enjoyed what they did turn out. I think the the show has grown in the level of the the looks and the runways that these queens are able to deliver has really grown over the course of the show so that it can you know like it can sustain a a top 11 uh queens each of them doing three looks and most of them being at least solid maybe not the most inspiring maybe not the most interesting but um it was still a lot of fun so i for me i really liked this episode um what did you think
1: I think it is also really good. Um, I didn't always agree with some of the critiques because I was a little like, I don't really love the skeleton face that Plastic has, and I'm wondering what I'm missing um, from that as from a makeup perspective. It's like the makeup looks great, and I just went, "Does it? I don't mm-hmm. think so." But does it? And I'm like squinting and pausing and going, "Like maybe it does," but. I think that a lot of it boils down to the fact that there's a lot of looks to go through. And so as long as you can sort of, like, land somewhere in the middle, contestant-wise, you're you're good. And I think mm-hmm. that's what ends up happening here. And so it's only when you either completely botch the challenge—hi, Ariel— or if you're able to just sort of deliver one good look, because I think Suga's— Sh- bloody witch look. I actually really liked that. I thought that, that looked really great. it was awesome. That was like won that category. Yeah, no, it did. And it was really it was also, but then it was also really frustrating when it was just like your your MILF doesn't work though. And I just went yeah, there's, there's too many disconnected things there for that to work. But I feel like the other look was enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well and her troll look no like, no the troll look is so bad it's
0: really bad and the main reason it's bad is that she didn't do the hair
1: right yeah no the hair is all wrong the hair is
0: completely yeah. wrong like yeah. you've got to have the straight sticking up hair yeah for it to be a troll doll
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like when she's after she said she was a troll doll and i could see like the little stone on the belly i was like oh okay And I was trying to see the hair, the camera work made it a little hard, but there's like, no, like, like, is there a troll I don't remember that has like a ponytail and long hair down? No, I didn't think so. They're not possibly going to know what you are. This is a total disaster. But I mean, I do, I don't disagree that the one Bloody Mary look was so good that it kind of saved the others. Um, And I felt like there were some other queens who did not get... Like, that's the downside of having so many queens is that half of them don't get any feedback. And I needed there to be some praise for a few of the queens. Specifically, I loved Scarlet's Creature from the Black Lagoon look.
1: Yeah, I did too. Especially, like, the final concept of it where it feels, like, vaguely Elizabethan as well. Mm -hmm. um, With that collar and, like, the way that the hair is a little styled or where the mask itself is a little, like... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not only like Elizabethan, but it's also like vaguely like man in the iron mask as well.
0: Yeah. And
1: so the entire concept I think is really good, but then there's like no feedback for it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, but if you had fewer Queens, we could listen to you say good things. Even yeah. if Scarlet's persona in the editing isn't like my favorite, but this is a good look.
0: <laughs> yeah. I also really liked Nina's milf look. I thought it was oh, super creepy. The-
1: is that the one where there's like the, the just mask the, Oh men. yeah, no. This is so good. It's just like, "Oh, that was a good reveal." That was a really good reveal, Nina. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and there were some other I mean, like for me, like there there were some other ones that that were bigger misses than they said. And I and I was particularly disappointed that because Scarlett and Nina were safe, there was no praise on the runway for their horrific looks. Yeah. And so then Those didn't, like, that's not going to encourage queens to take those risks and go for more out-there looks in the future because they didn't get any feedback on it. The only queens who got any feedback on on something that was horrific was really just Sugar, Mm -hmm. And she crushed that, but... then that's just encouraging more of these just straightforwardly beautiful looks. And we need something more creative. That's part of why I was so on board with Evie's dinosaur. I I, It was so good.
1: (laughs) It was really, really good. And really, like, it was just very silly in, like, Mm -hmm. a really good way of doing something very different from that trick-or-treater sort of thing where everyone kind of goes... Either really kitsy and good, in like Nina's little shop of horror thing, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's fine, good. Yeah. It's funny, but it's there's nothing more to it. It um, was certainly not trampy trick or treater, right? Or like plastic doing a Playboy bunny. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, hang on. That's what you've got for me is a Playboy bunny. That's um, like again,
0: looks great, looks beautiful. Yeah. Well executed, but, like, where's the drag twist?
1: Yes, exactly. There's no twist to it. And that was sort of the thing of, like, I even felt like that to a certain extent with, like, Brooks Brooklyn's Mm -hmm. mummy, uh, on-point mummy of, like, no, this, you're getting, this is fine. Like, I understand. And the idea that you're on point the entire time, I think, is, there's something to say about this of, like, being a mummy and ballet and there's something here and being wrapped basically, yeah. but it doesn't come through in what you're doing for me, which is why like her enchantress inspired sort mm. of thing um, is much better for the movement type stuff. Cause it also looks really good, mm-hmm. but it was just like when it got down to Evie in the dinosaur thing, it just went and then dropping it and not being able to pick it back up and yeah. having the claws on the pumps. is just like, this is a drag twist on a costume. Everyone, please pay attention. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think so much of Brooks uh, Brooklyn's win was down to her movement and like creating an experience. Yes, and then and in tying that as a thread through all three looks. I know some queen, uh, some of the not queen, some of the fans felt like her milf look wasn't was- to snuff. I thought I, it was okay.
1: It was fine. I thought fine. it was fine
0: because she had already done a mummy, you know? Yeah. So it's not like she did three glamour looks. She, she uh-huh. did a, like a monster as her first look and did a twist on it. And so, whereas a lot of other people did something uh, more straightforwardly beautiful. Right. So then when she went for the black widow and was, was uh, just very still and regal and her, like there was a thread of movement through all three that was, yes. that connected it and, and sort of, you know, I appreciate that that care and that thought in the look. Whereas, like, Plastique did a great job with this challenge, especially like her dress for the last one looked lovely. Like, like, what these queens made in a day—not a mm-hmm. full day. Let's be very clear. Like a, a few hours it was really, really impressive. Um, but she wore those same stone tights for all three looks. I need Plastique to ditch the stone tights. <laughs> hmm.
1: No, no, she does. Yeah, I I didn't notice that. Yeah, but.
0: and 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 Vanjie, Vanjie came out in after last week being red for having coarse and pasty. I was like, "What are you doing, Vanjie?" I was like, "Thank goodness this is the ball, so you're going to have at least two other looks that hopefully will be different." And they were ish, they were yes, ish, ish different. But but you know, having this ball challenge at this point in the in the. Season We've had now two fashion and design challenges. We've mm-hmm. had a comedy challenge. We've had a lip sync challenge. We've had an acting challenge. It's They've really changed it up and made sure that they had quality challenges that are demanding, difficult challenges, but in different areas so far this season. So I'm really I've been really impressed with the overall performance and I think that there's still like there's still a few queens that you know need to step it up um but there's there's like a handful that I'm really excited to see probably make it to the end.
1: Yeah, I am too. Like I'm like as we're entering like a we've got a top 10 now, right? Yeah, we got yeah. top 10. Um so I'm like waiting for um who am I waiting for like I at the I'm waiting for like Akira and Raja to really start doing something that is exciting Um because I'm like not feeling you guys yet. And Plastique's also in the sort of the same vein of like, all right, stretch, please, in some way. And let's, let's, yeah. let's move. Um, Silky, same thing. Yeah. Silky is also the same thing, even though I think it like kind of just like, I think it, she just like gets by in this one. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I am. But I'm I'm excited about Nina. I'm excited about Evie, obviously, because I proclaimed my I, I'm sticking my I'm sticking my flag there um, for Evie. But um, Nina, I think is, does really good work. I think Scarlet does really good work when Scarlet gets really focused and inspired, mm-hmm. and then the work comes out real real well. But there's other times where it's just like. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't really know what any, the Mariah Carey thing didn't work and neither did like the look in that either. Yeah. So it's like, Scarlett's kind of hit or miss for me. So, and then I I just want Vanjie to do something really different. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, I mean, because she looks great at what she's doing, but it's just uh-huh. been very limited. It's right. been a very specific aesthetic and approach. and. Mm-hmm. And she's great at that, but I we you you gotta be able to do more. And she's crushed on the personality and comedy based challenges, yes. the improv based ones, um, have, have really played to her strength as well. So hopefully, I mean, there will be more comedy challenges coming. Yeah. Um We're but, gonna have
1: we're gonna have Snatch games super soon.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> do you think they're gonna do that with ten or you think they're gonna get down to nine or eight? I think they're
1: gonna get to like eight. I think it's gonna be four and four.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. see whether they do a snatch game or if they do a snatch game of love or if they do another twist on it. But yeah, um, I'm excited to see what these queens are going to bring because I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of really talented people uh-huh. here. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. I, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I, I, the mini challenge was fun. I thought Raja just slayed it. I like. The, the color choices being like these pastels to contrast with the hot pink of what Rue is doing, going with, with a red hair to con again, because like Barbie's friend never has blonde hair, right? So right. Rue's friend shouldn't have blonde hair. Uh, but like, like it was like you, her, what she was wearing, you could make doll sized really easily. It was really simple, yeah. clean line looks that could be like, like, so I think some of the other queens are funnier, but. Um, but she it was like, and having the two big cup and the two big glasses, like that's uh-huh. so doll. That's so Barbie doll. Like it, I thought that she was really smart in, in, uh, in what she did. So like, I liked though, I thought I was a little puzzled by the mini challenge and I just love spending all that time on the runway. I love that they didn't like, they let us have a break from all of the backstage, you know, yes. like stuff drama right the fights for the most part we didn't spend a lot of time on that and just watch them work and then watch them do their thing on the runway it's just really impressive what these queens can do so you know i loved me the monster ball um with that what wins your week in tv
1: that's a good question um i think probably monster ball and house of l um were both like probably the most enjoyable things but a good shout out to um the abbey premiere which again is not great but there's no reason not to watch it i feel like so
0: yeah um i'm i'm finished documentary now they had their finale any given saturday afternoon which was fine it was a bowling documentary um so I, and and you know it's such a short season i will miss the show now that it's gone but i think they, i think their best episodes were towards the beginning of the season and certainly the one that's going to stand stand out for me this season is co-op um but i guess for me i'll give it to uh jane Uh jane premiere and um with a nod to drag race as well but um yeah really glad to have jane the virgin back for its end run and to see just how down the novella they go with the last season and how much you know what with the you know roses angels i guess but we'll see What all of that has to say, what it's gonna bring us. Um, but now we'll take a break, listen to a trailer, and come back to talk season four of Catastrophe.
1: You haven't drunk since? No. Why not? And what's changed other than that pussy magnet round your neck? It's humiliating. It's probably less humiliating than having to ask a judge's permission to go to your wife's funeral because you backed over her in the driveway, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Have a great weekend. have my AA meeting tonight again well I mean you don't really graduate from alcoholism
0: so I'm supposed to watch Game of Thrones on my own like a pervert have you thought about a bit of therapy
1: I'm going to AA I'm working in a charity shop plus my real job and I'm doing the best I can
0: those are for Frankie's lunch
1: really did he pay for him or did I We've been invited to a dinner with the big bray Band boss and his wife. Oh, God,
0: really? I mean, should I be chatty like Michelle Obama, or should I be more like Jackie Kennedy? You know, like, don't say much, but when I do say something, really make it count, like slide off the queen.
1: I think I'm going to say you can't make it. I feel like having kids is like strapping yourself to a Formula One race car, you know? Boom, your life is over, but not in a
0: bad way. I like that you're broken, broken like me. Looks great.
1: It's from my mother-in-law's funeral
0: It sucks not having a mom I don't care that I'm 56 I still want my mommy
1: (laughs) I just look in the mirror and I'm like Can you fix that here? I'm afraid your cholesterol level is quite high for a woman your age Medically, you're saying if you took a normal-sized mannequin and filled it with meatballs and margarine that'd be me I like that you're broken, broken like me Maybe that makes me a fool I'm so tired I could cry yeah. Put on your sunglasses and cry mm-hmm. Sir Thanks I'll get in the middle
0: That was a trailer for season four of Catastrophe, uh, which is available on Amazon Prime. Um, and, you know, I know at the end of the last season, of, of course, uh, there was the big development of Rob uh, falling off the wagon and um, getting into a car accident. And there was a lot that we were really excited about. And then, of course, the the death of, of Carrie Fisher really, I imagine, shook up their you know, what they were planning to do. Um, how did you feel this season, you know, picked up from where we left off and addressed the death of Fisher in the finale? Uh, did, did this feel like a good conclusion to the story of these characters so far?
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the finale is probably like, r- is real good. Like, it's a very good finale and it's a very good capstone on this show so i don't want to like front load the conversation about it um so that's what i'll say is that um i think that the rest of the season does a good job of still being catastrophe in terms of like we're gonna do a number of like really kind of small things like i think episode one's real good in terms of like here's how we're dealing with the fallout of the finale that we maybe had to shift around a little bit and I think that there's there's enough humor and silliness in that, from the neck brace to the, the foam um, pad, yeah, the foam pad, then to the tur- turtleneck sweater, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is very good. Um, that I think that there's just they mind that for a good bit of humor, whilst while I think that like Rob's dream about being drunk on the toilet and then vomiting blood is a good reminder of like, oh, right, this is why I don't need to do this anymore type Mm -hmm. of thing. I think that all of that works really, really nicely together. And so there's a really solid through line of that. While the rest of the season cleans up a a lot of the other loose ends of like, whether it's Fran and Chris and figuring out what the end goal for their relationship in is and then everything with um please correct me if I'm wrong, but Fergal and his bunker estate slash move to New Zealand. Um yeah, that's the friend. Uh David maybe? Dave. Yeah, no it's Dave. They they just vaguely they looked a lot alike this season. I think is what mm-hmm. the problem was. No, they did. And I kept confusing them. So dealing with like Dave and then everything with uh, Chris and Fran, and so like trying to tie up those loose ends of like things that would happen in what feels like a regular season a catastrophe. But also, at the same time, feel of a, we have to wrap things up sort of way. And here's how we're going to do it. So I think that all works really, really well. Um, But I also acknowledge, like, the show, while it sort of amuses me, I was also never, like... I think I mainlined all three seasons last year Mm -hmm. when we were going to, like, discuss it. So it was, like, something I watched really quickly. And while I always liked Horgan and Delaney and the relationship between Sharon and Rob... It also just never, it was a show that I enjoyed, but also never like really kind of, I found a quick like flow with. And so I think that this is a good season, but I do think that that finale is just really, really, really good. But again, I don't want to talk too much about the finale Mm -hmm. until I hear what you thought about this season and how everything else worked for you.
0: Yeah, the season was strong and uh, it was interesting because it clearly were going for a very specific thing by the end of the show. And I felt like some of the it was it was like it was both more harsh than previous seasons have been in their dynamic and also more demonstrably affectionate Mm -hmm. in a way that was unusual for me. Like when they were fighting, they were like, it was really mean stuff that they were saying to each other, like really cutting, destructive mean things that would seemingly come up out of nowhere but then there was also more of a like them saying telling each other they love each other and and how much they mean each. like there was a lot more of that too so it was it was unusual and i think that by the time you get to the finale you see what they're going for is the that last sequence right Is yes. what they're building towards um which kind of makes makes a little bit more sense but It felt like a choice. It felt a little different than what the dynamic had been in the previous seasons. Um, So I, you know, it's, you know, I think it it felt like a progression of their dynamic um, rather than a confirmation of their established dynamic. Uh, it, It was very... Confused why, as I was watching, I was like, it feels like they're wrapping everything up here in episode five. And it's because they did. (laughs) I thought that was a really smart choice to keep Mia alive until the finale. And of course, Michaela Watkins, excellent casting uh, as Rob's brother, uh, as Rob's sister. As Rob's (laughs) sister. And um, I mean, that Faxon is also always a delight. So that was a fun bit of casting too.
1: He was so good. Yeah. He was so good. (laughs) The... You know, it was
0: the the dynamic as, as at Sharon's school and the conflict, like the episode with her new boss and with um, the shifting dynamics at his work as well. I wasn't sure what they exactly they were going for. I have to think about it some more, uh-huh. um, but it was an interesting. That was an interesting episode. And I liked that they had some time for, in the episode for exploring sort of how their dynamic is shifting and her anger and her sense of, okay, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to say stuff. I'm just going to be straightforward and not hold things in. And dither about it the way that she would have in season one or season two. I appreciate that progression. And then to see the like the turn by the end of the episode was was interesting. And I think I, I need to think about it some more before I know what I feel like they were trying to say. Other than the straightforward, like it's easy to be idealistic when it doesn't affect you. Um, but yeah, there was there were some interesting dynamics. And maybe they were just, again, trying to build up to a point where they're both happy leaving their life in london yes but yeah i just kept thinking of their kids and their family and uh like i I have difficulty separating myself from their like what if i was in their situation like my current me not me shaped by their upbringings but by my own upbringing right what i would do and like We'd never move a continent away from my sibling, um, if I was Sharon, and yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It, it's it's un, it's unusual. It also really shapes how I how I experienced the finale too. Mm-hmm. Um, but so maybe it's time to talk about that. But for the, I I enjoyed the first part of the season. It wasn't as laugh out loud funny as I remember the other seasons being. It was more contemplative. Um. I liked sort of where we found ourselves with the other characters and the time and the growth that they gave them. Yeah. Um <laughs> just the uh the reveal that the friend the Fran's, you know, son was Jeffrey Wright, the play was all nude. <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> the way that they executed that was and like the performance from the actor too is like so like so in love with the choice and being like yeah that's right i'm just i just shocked you that's right like oh it's hilarious i really enjoyed that um but but yeah i let's i guess do you have any other thoughts on the first part of the season before we just dive in with the finale
1: right well i do think that I think that there's an artistic merit to doing Twelfth Night in the nude, Kate. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about, like, mixed identities and gender. And I think that there's just something really interesting to say there. And I would have liked the entire episode just to have been that three-hour version of Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night is not three hours. <laughs> <laughs> what did you add? Yeah. Um, no, no, no. No. Um I do think that they are much meaner. And I think that there is sort of, like, a degree of justification for that in terms of, like, how they're struggling in a new sort of setting of, like, all right, well, we've been through this accident. My job's sort of, like, a degree in flux type of thing. And, like, so everyone's a little, like, sawed off a little bit um, down to shoplifting, essentially, um, mm-hmm. what that is in, in episode one. So I think that there's, like, elements of it that get played out, but then, like you said, they swing back to being, like, really deeply affectionate in ways that I don't think that they necessarily are, or there's that, um, really delightful humor aspect of them having sex while he's got the brace on, and just, like, her inability to, like, hold a straight face, and then they shift a different position, it's just like, oh, now we can both see it. Nope, this isn't gonna work. And (laughs) just how really, A, really good and lived in that feels, but B, also that there's that degree of connection that transcends, like, the sniping and the anger and the frustration. Mm-hmm. So I think that all works really, really well. Um, the only other thing I'll say about the back, the first half is, I don't really, the uh, thank goodness that they get Chris Noth just to come in. Yeah. And just, like, just, like, knock that out real quick. Play his Doctor Who character. <laughs> play, yes, exactly. is Play his Doctor Who character. And it was just, like, that was really good stunt casting for that kind of a character as well, because Noth's real good at playing this kind of slimy, charismatic kind of person, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um and so getting him to do this, this is a something he can do in his sleep, but the effortlessness of his how he like completely cuts Harita out of everything, mm-hmm. is just you can just watch all of it happening in real time. And I'm like watching it between fingers in some of the scenes, just like, Oh no, I know where this is going and it's gross. Mm. And I appreciate that. Like you said, like the idealism and the whole aspect of, well, I thought you'd want me to do this, (laughs) um, is really good as well. So like, I think all of that leads into the finale really, really nicely. So here's my thing with
0: the finale. Uh, I get it. I think it all comes down to the last episode or the last last scene. And um, I think pretty much everything we get until then is great. Uh, I also think that uh, the introduction of the dad is important, um, but I don't understand why either of them want to spend any time with their dad. Because we have not gotten a single positive mention of the father yeah, ever. So I right. don't like, like I get, Oh, it's still your dad. He's like, yeah, but the only things you've told us about the dad is that he beat the shit out of your mom and probably also them. So why is like her going, why is the sister going to lunch with him a good thing? That's a bad, like, I don't understand. Like I don't, So I, I had some problems with that. Um, yeah. And uh, then, but the, it all comes down to that last scene, which is lovely. And I get what they're going for. But also the only thing I could think in that whole last shot is there are two babies in that car. They will die horribly of starvation and, and cold. If you get swept out to sea. So, yes, I get what they're going for. He's diving in to, to to They'll do it together. Right. Like, I get absolutely what they're going for. But I can't not think like it's like it's like a son and gin thing, you know. Right. Yes. It's like what your your instinct that you're in this forever, no matter what, with your, your person doesn't matter because there's a baby over there. Mm hmm. And so, and I know that is not the point, and that is not what we're supposed to be doing—taking our own morality and transposing it into the show. But I couldn't not think that the whole last shot, and it just really <laughs> impacted my ability to to view it, like and to appreciate it i just wanted to, it was just yelling at the screen so much and i've read several lovely pieces about that last shot or the the, the last episode of this season at all where people were really moved by that like that scene and i get it but also it doesn't matter
1: there's a baby <laughs> so what do you think <laughs> um so i think that for me like I'll discuss the last shot of, like, I think it is really gorgeous, but I also thought about the baby and went, and not the baby, but also, like, the toddler, however old their son is, like, yeah. three, and going, like, that's that's not great. No. I mean, did they roll down a window? I think, no? Did they roll down that window? I don't think they did. Boy, I hope that undercurrent's not as strong as that sign makes it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a stretch of really beautiful sort of symbolism at the expense of there are two dead kids in that, that SUV now.
0: Just like mention that the kids are with the aunt or something. Like right. it's not hard.
1: Yeah. But no, they're in the they're in the back seat because it's very pointedly like we see them in the back seat of like all right, yeah. they are asleep. I can tell them I'm pregnant now. Yeah. Um so I think that there's just a lot of They sacrifice that little bit to have this really symbolic sort of moment of, no, I will wade into these dark, scary, also very blue waters Mm -hmm. um, because there's this undercurrent of danger type Mm -hmm. of thing. And I will be there to help you. And we'll do this together sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. that's really good. And it's really lovely. And I think that that really kind of nicely sums up the show. But I also think forgetting about their kids also nicely sums up the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Excellent point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think that all of that generally works really well, even if it also is like, you forgot about the kids. Um, (laughs) But uh, the entire arc of the episode, I think, generally works really well because Rob's anger is just really well portrayed here. And like, the fact that it's it's very difficult to reach people when they're in grief, especially when they're in grief in the way that Rob deals with grief. It's not mm-hmm. like it's lashing out, it's anger, it's resentment at um, Nat Faxon's character, who, again, just comes in and knocks that out of the park really, really nicely. And then just, like, that Sharon can do nothing right, but also, Sharon why do you want to keep having this holiday? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not how this works. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's just the way that their relationship borderline collapses within this episode, I think feels really good and really earned and the real mean stuff. And particularly as like, they're getting parked, they're getting to the car of like, no, I'm keeping the kids and coming back here. I don't give a fuck what you do is just, all of that, I think, is just really, really good. And Delaney and H- Horgan are really, really great in that scene in particular, I think. But just this, that to get to that point, I think, requires everything else in this season. And generally, I think it just works really, really well.
0: Yeah. No, it does. And, um, yeah, when I can get over myself about the <laughs> ending, uh, yeah, just... Because that just says everything about both of their characters, yes. right? She yeah, didn't yeah. even see that there was a sign. Uh-huh. And he did and had to make a choice and did that. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it is, you know, it, it's a, I appreciate a finale that, that makes a statement that has a point of view and makes a choice with its characters and that this one absolutely does that so yeah yeah um the the extremes they go to with the dad being yellow and some of the other like little moments of comedy i think work really well uh watkins just like completely down, like breaking down in the airport in the car and and rob too and then but still neither of them wanting sharon to drive
1: i think this joke is so good it's so good
0: <laughs> yeah um also the kids like the stroller rolls and they're like they're fine we'll get them
1: see that's exactly what i'm talking about they don't care if their kid runs into traffic they're not going to care if their kids bake inside that car
0: (laughs) (laughs) clearly um the deus ex um job offer uh doesn't didn't really work for me yeah um but i did really like that one scene and the emphasis of um that loss is not something that's gonna go away either of her dad or his mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. Um, ever. I think that was really well played. David Ellen Greer's great. Um mm-hmm. and and he really nails that delivery in that moment. Uh so, so yeah, there was there was so much to really like. It the show has been defined by Rob being out of his element initially. Um and so just to end with Sharon in the States, I think was yeah. a nice bit of symmetry as well. And a smart, like, you know, like I already said, a smart way to incorporate the loss of Carrie Fisher, um, and underscore her, like what, what she meant to the show too. And the very specific energy she brought. I loved the letter at the beach. it was, mm-hmm it was great (laughs) very mia but also very carrie and uh, that was a lovely little tribute to her Uh, at least that's how it felt to me um yeah so i don't think i have much more to say i ended up really enjoying the run of the show i think uh they captured lightning in a bottle with those first two seasons in a way that i don't think they quite uh were able to recapture in season three and season four but They explored other things instead in a really powerful way. The the exploration of alcoholism um, in three and four uh, and the, you know, these characters growing and maturing into a different kind of energy, I think, worked really well. And um, I don't know that it's, you know, one of my best shows of the aughts but it certainly made Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney to create as I will continue to follow I haven't watched Horgan's other shows I'm not interested in divorce um but uh, nor should I, you
1: be I watched a couple episodes of it it's not good
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um but but yeah, I appreciate every time they they pop up and doing doing voice work or in other other projects and I look forward to what they're gonna do next whether it's together or individually um and I'm glad they were able to really end the show. Their way, you know what I mean? Yeah, as opposed to with the kind of cliffhanger of season three. So yeah, I, I ended up really enjoying um the run of the show, and I recommend it to anybody who's interested in the conversation and interested in a very mature and kind of different look at adult relationships,
1: yeah, I think that's a fair way to sum up the show. So I'd encourage it as well,
0: yeah uh well if you show notes here at the end of the podcast you can find a post for this episode over at the where you can leave us a comment to let us know what you thought of the week's tv you can like our page on facebook start up a conversation there find our uh, m4a chaptered feed or mp3 unchaptered feed in itunes uh and all, we're also up in stitcher we'd appreciate ratings and reviews you can email us the televerse gmail.com and we are both up on twitter i am at the televerse and noel you are
1: at noel rk thank you so much for a great week
0: Kate. Thank you, Noel, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Telliverse.